everyone is a role model. We are role models to every young person around us. They look at us. Children learn by watching us more than by listening to us. So if you feel this passion for transmitting to the young generation, which all our volunteers have, and now we have over 140, then you are a role model because it's a loving to transmit and to learn. It's a learning, a dual learning. We get so much from the children we meet in classrooms. Hello, grüezi, bonjour. Welcome to Fish in the Boardroom, a podcast where we have real conversations about what we can each do to increase diversity and inclusion in Swiss leadership. I'm Andrea Ullmann, and I'm your host on this journey. Before we dive into today's episode, and to help you get started, I put together some resources that will help you kick off your diversity and inclusion journey in a Swiss context. So make sure to visit fishintheboardroom.ch to download this tool and sign up to my newsletter to be notified when new episodes are released. Hi, dear listener. Today's episode is with Andrea Delanois. Andrea is the founder and president of Modèle, a Swiss nonprofit organization whose mission is to challenge gender stereotyping in shaping and pursuing youth's career aspirations. In episode eight of Fish in the Boardroom, the last episode of my first season, I reflected on my learnings thus far. And one thing that struck me were the answers to the question that I asked every single one of my guests, which was, what is your role model? What struck me was how important, seemingly unimportant encounters were. And today, this is exactly what I'd like to talk with Andrea about. It's the importance of role models and why they matter and why we should care about them. Andrea, welcome to Fish in the Boardroom. Thank you so much, Andrea, for inviting <laughs> me to Andrea's on the day. Exactly. So before we dive into the discussion, could you start by briefly explaining to our audience what you do with Model, what it is about very, very concretely? Yes. So Model is a Swiss association that was created in January 2018 in order to tackle gender stereotyping, as earlier mentioned, in career aspirations. Why is that even important? Well, I think your audience knows, and a lot of us know now, that stereotypes are very present into our lives. And gender stereotyping has been identified as root cause for gender biases and prejudices that we all know about, and many of us luckily fight against. So I initiated this work. I initiated because it's not mine. I'm just the initiator, you know, but it is a societal project because it's very important. If we want to build gender equal workforce, workplace, we need to start from root causes. And in 2017, I had the chance to participate into international research led by the UK with the OECD that showed precisely that gender stereotypes are start to get crystallized as of the age of six. And this is how the very first project of uh, Model is called Model d'Avenir, and it brings professional women of all walks of life into primary schools to talk to children about their jobs, open their horizons and tackle precisely the images, uh, gendered images they may already have. And so you 
specifically target women, girls in your organization. You're not looking at boys and how they might also be molded into certain roles. Thank you for the question, because precisely, no, I'm not exclusively targeting girls. In my previous experience with Expanding Your Horizons in Geneva, I did indeed work for targeted girls for and STEM careers, but MODEL looks at bo both boys and girls. It is true that the role models today are only women, and there are very simple answers to why it's that. It's, I didn't have to convince women to go into classrooms, you know. Women of my network, when I talked about the project I had, they were like, oh, let's go, let's do that. I'm not saying male are not interested, and thank God we have a lot of, of uh, men that support our initiative in many ways. We are not yet there to have men into the classrooms, but this is my medium, at least, goal to have at some point men as well going there. But I'm targeting boys, and I could see in classroom that this actually does happen. Boys are equally weaning from meeting our female role models because if, on the one hand, they see women doing so-called masculine jobs, And sometimes with surprise, I give you an example. We have a pilot, jet pilot, and she was asked in the classroom if she was a real pilot because it's looked to that those boys that she couldn't be piloting a plane being a woman. And we have a lot of, uh, of these examples in classrooms. But boys can see women doing so-called masculine jobs, but also they discovered the so-called feminine jobs at an age where they are not yet biased against. And of course, for the girls, they can identify with the ladies. So this is obviously starting at the roots, right? When they're children, when they're still very open to various insights or stimuli, exactly. And I'm actually talking in my episode nine with Annabella Bassler, who is doing an initiative you might have heard about. It's called Equal Voice. And Annabella Bassler is CFO of Rignier, and they realized that there's 75% of media coverage on men, mm. and only about 23 on women. And so her ambition is to increase the visibility of women in media coverage. So this is a bit what you're doing in the classroom applied mm -hmm. to media, right? Why is it so important to continue working on these things in your view? I didn't know about this initiative. I'm very happy to hear about all these initiatives. I also know um, Emily Pralon, who opened Ra Radar PR, which is also bringing voices to female scientists. Not only ambition, she actually does it. She communicates in scientific, let's say, work in a way that everyone can vulgarizing, let's say, scientific content. Very proud that she's one of our models. So why is important to bring role models if that uh, on the scene, let's say, to be visible for our young? I think you may have heard of her, an American uh, activist for children, Marion uh, Wright Edelman, who said, you can't be what you can't see. And this is actually says it all. As long as we do not, we're not able to project ourselves into something, it's very difficult. If you can't visualize it, you can't be it. And uh, you know, surely about serendipity. I'm a big fan of serendipity, connecting dots. And I think that, and I saw this in classrooms, and children meet our ladies, our volunteers, they can see, ah, oh, I can be that too. 
because they could see tangible their absolutely impressive all these the wonderful volunteers we have because they don't only bring into the classroom the information about their jobs but also they bring their energy and passion about their work and uh, sometimes they're surprised themselves I think, actually I love what I do you know so it's a, such a win-win for the children the teachers even the parents I have some of the volunteers that registered because their kids went home and said mom you should be doing that too. We had these ladies in the classroom and so on. So it is extremely important for young youth to see these role models and to be able to project themselves. In your view, what makes for a good role model? What is a role model? This is a very good question because when people hear about our oh, role models, the people that we see on TV, the people that had extraordinary careers, and often I receive emails or messages from women saying, oh, I love what the model does, but I'm not sure I have the profile. And I get into discussion with them. Why do you think you don't have the profile? Because yes, they imagine that role models must be like, you know, Meryl Streep or people that you can see on TV that they have done some amazing project. Well, a role model, everyone is a role model. You're a role model, Andrea. We are role models to every young person around us. They look at us. Children learn by watching us more than by listening to us. So, If you feel this passion for transmitting to the young generation, which all our volunteers have, and now we have over 140, then you are a role model because it's a loving to transmit and to learn. It's a learning, a dual learning. We get so much from the children we meet in classrooms as well. So yes, role models, of course. I have as well, Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, is one of my role models. I'm really very impressed with her. But I also have people here in Switzerland. I can give you a Barney Fascia, which was my mentor, and I admire her greatly. She's the founder of Inspired Women Lead. So yes, I wouldn't say Barney is a normal person. She's absolutely spectacular, but someone you can meet on the street in Geneva. While I was asking this very question, who's your role model throughout my episodes, I was struck to see that really like how little, I want to say little people, it's not right yeah. word, but as you said, normal people, not yeah. normal people, just someone mentioned the neighbor, one person looked at kids. So is it more important to have people close to you that you can really see and feel to have to be role models? Or how do you see the balance between the different kinds of role models? I would say there we need both because, you know, of course, people have done uh, extraordinary things. Uh, they can be very inspiring for us in the sense of, oh, maybe I can do that too. It's like, you know, shooting for the moon and then you end up in the stars. So we have to dream about and dream high. If you dream high, you have a high chance to achieve. But then Dreams also become reality when they are more tangible. And then meeting heroes of the day, people that you can see, and this is at the basis of Model as well. We bring these children, these uh, volunteers, inspiring women into the classrooms for the children to see them, touch them, actually, because if you see, they are all cuddling our volunteers. It is 
very important for them in order to precisely project themselves, be able to see themselves becoming that or this or that, is to see and be able to relate to. Because movie stars or Ellen Musk, they look so real to children. So it's good to have both, I think. And anyway, which whatever brings us inspiration, I think it's a great thing. Inspiration brings determination. Determination brings motivation. And when we are motivated, we can achieve great things. You're saying this for children. It's probably still very true for, for all of adults us. as well. Yeah. As well huh? Yes, yes. I work with children, so I talk most about them. But uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's the same mechanics for adults. And um, in your view, what's the role companies have in this setting? Oh, thank you so much for this question, Andrea, because it is companies have a great role. First of all, because they are the ones that will hire the young, right? And uh, I've read some research on that. We're already struggling to find uh, some companies are already domains which are struggling to hire young people and even less women in some of the so-called masculine domains. But it also, there was a report of OECD that was uh, launched in Davos um, during one of our events last year, which showed a great mismatch between children, youth aspiration and what the market is uh, proposing them, especially on the longer term. And that was a call for action, actually, that OECD had uh, launched there because but for me, it was sort of a um, booster to say, okay, we need to bring companies into the equation, getting them involved much earlier with, uh, with youth than at the end of their studies, because they may not be there. They may not take the routes that necessary to be able to take uh, the roles we're expecting them to. So therefore, and it starts with, now I bring it to Model. If, especially, for example, for boys and girls have gendered views on jobs, and that was proven already, right? Uh, we research here that we have quite a strong horizontal segregation, which means boys and girls don't do the same job, don't take the same career paths. So we need to tackle this very early, because if we look for girls to uh, go to EPFL, if we look at them at the end of gymnasium, it's too late. Or for boys to maîtresse d'école, you know, like uh, school, primary school or, or teachers or nurses and so on, it's too late to go. It's never too late, obviously, right? But it is, let's say, we can take steps earlier and companies, how can they get involved? By having policies for volunteering into schools, and I precise into schools because they already have, many of our local companies have volunteering policies and volunteer department, volunteering departments that support different uh, social actions. But a few of them have volunteering for education. And it is important not only for the companies to, in terms of uh, social responsibility, but also in terms of preparing for the future preparing the young generations to be ready and understand what's in it for them later on. So when you say you'd want companies to have more programs for education, do you have concrete examples of what you mean with that? Some of the companies that I, I talked to, large companies in our country, have already full entire departments looking in for volunteering. And they propose to their employees to different projects 
And I'm discussing with one of those these days precisely to have a model as uh, one of uh, offerings they have for volunteering. Because many of these big companies have uh, done research and they know the value of volunteering in terms of skills building, uh, corporate responsibility, and so on and so forth, and employer branding. But uh, many in our our country has 99% SMEs, small and medium enterprises. So I don't know, I can't say they don't have, but I don't think they have departments for volunteering. But precisely, I think we can build together an internal policy that would allow companies to get involved in this way and supporting their employees to go into classrooms. It's one hour per event. So that support their employees to go. And I have, for example, I have a partnership with the Transport Lausannois. It was built based from one volunteer from the transport came to a classroom, then talked to the company and the company talked to me after because they see the value of showing precisely interest, not only into their employees, but also to present, to show interest in younger generation and showing them there's some jobs that they may not know about. So this is an appeal to companies to free up time of their employees to show up in schools and talk about uh, about their jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I work with the institutions already, with the police of Lausanne, with the SPSL, Protection and Safety. And yes, it's very important for us to be able to have this kind of collaborations with companies. You're talking a lot about companies or organizations based here in Bourg in the French-speaking part. Are there any other organizations of the same kind all over Switzerland or any, what is your ambition maybe of, of going beyond? In the Swiss German part, I already have a collaboration with the schools of Davos. Each year during the WEF week, uh, we organize events with the primaries and secondaries in there. Uh, schools of Davos. And yes, this is, let's say, a first step. But obviously, so the ambition that I have, I transmitted to Model is to go in time to all the primary schools of our country. And not only once a year, because uh, we need to show, uh, yes, many jobs out there, the myriad of jobs out there to our children for them to open their horizons and tackle gender stereotypes. So it is my ambition. I'm discussing in Zurich already with different people in my network and with the advanced quality and business that I collaborate with, uh, trying to find the people that would be willing to work with me on the Swiss German side and bring our projects in in those schools. What is your biggest challenge with Model? (laughs) Fundraising is the only challenge I have. Thank you also for the question. It's mostly because it's not my best skill or best way of spending time to go fundraise, but it's part of we're an association and We don't have access to equity, so our support has to come from private, but also because of the law does not allow, Leo does not allow any commercial into schools and it's very good. It's more difficult to get the financial support from companies, so we have to be very attentive on that. So uh, yes, the only challenge I really have. I had a big challenge that was sold thanks to a private donation, uh, which is the digital platform which allow the teachers to be pretty autonomous in organizing our events, which obviously allows us to do scale. 
so far in the first two years, I was doing doodles and also, I mean, very complicated, mostly manual work. And now um, it's pretty much automized. How big is your organization right now? In terms of the board is only three people. I have an advisory board of uh, five wonderful ladies and a uh, community of over 140 volunteers. We work with the nine primary schools. And uh, yes, we're operating Canton du Vaux. We started Geneva and uh, Grison for now. And yes, the plan is to go uh, to roll out in Vaux as of the next school year. And um, yes, continue with Geneva. And uh, in probably next year, if COVID permitting, right, because that slowed down our work. It didn't stop it. We're in the classrooms, but it slowed down because there are obvious restrictions. But hopefully, uh, as of uh, next school year, we also open the discussions with the departments of education of other Fribourg and Neuchâtel. Great. You're already starting to expand. And is there anything else, any other message you'd like to share? Since I started Model somehow, I only meet amazing people, amazing women, amazing men. So I think my vision of the world probably changed. But that's also something that pleads for passion. I am so passionate about this project that everything around it or about it makes me highly positive and energetic. And this is the message I want to send to our children too with Model. Find out, stay curious and find out what motivates you, what pleases you. Because if you find that, and it's going to be several things during a lifetime. If the red thread is passion and motivation, they can do miracles. I know a lot of people don't believe in miracles. I do believe in miracles. And I had some few of them happening in my life. Now, those are great words to end this interview with, believing in miracles and staying positive for passion. Where can we get in touch with you if anyone wants to help you fundraise or open some new cantons with you? Where can our audience find yes. you? Please uh, get in contact with me for volunteering, for whatever you think, uh, even to share your opinion with us. So. I can be uh, contacted via my email, andrea.delanois at mod-l.ch or on website, on our website, www.mod slash minus, 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 All the information are in there in terms of how to reach out on me, even uh, my uh, phone number. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andrea. It was lovely having a discussion with you. This was Fish in the Wardroom. I hope this episode inspired you to take action. And if you're willing to share, I'd love to hear what you're putting into place and what challenges you have, whether they're big or small. Each action matters. And to help you get started with your inclusion journey, I put together some selected resources that are relevant in a Swiss context. Visit fishintheboardroom.ch to download this tool and sign up to my newsletter to be notified when new episodes are released. As always, if you enjoy the show, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode with colleagues, peers, friends, and family. Fish in the Boardroom is produced by me, Andrea Ullman. Music is by Patrick Patricius. <laughs>